Hello and welcome to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. We're here to take you on the ups, the downs, the twists, the turns, and the excitement that is Premier Rugby Sevens. The sports league taking over the US with some of the best athletes our sport had to offer. I'm Dallas Stafford, former USA Sevens player and current World Rugby commentator. And I'm Robin McDowell, former Canadian Sevens player and current international coach. Together, we'll bring you the latest PR Sevens news. Welcome to your new home for Sevens Rugby. The supporter has got a lot of speed. Wow! Keep the change. That is a speed of note. She's the solution to any problem. Elisa Porter, five times high school track athlete and field champion, gets their second. Down the side. We see Harvey here just holds up the defense ever so slightly. Looking for quick ball, the Texas side recycling well. Mackenzie chips it across field to Hunt. Now Lina Latu, he can know he can accelerate. Latu gets the dish away. That is outstanding. Kasarich. Dr. Frankenstein has created another monster and Texas are in. What a pinch from Rhodes Featherston against Nanduba. The New Zealander against the Fijian and Nana now cutting loose. Here we go. Jerome Nale. What a score for the Texas side. Sublime. Hello and welcome to episode five of the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster, a North American-inspired podcast that focuses on the world of sevens, especially the Premier Rugby Sevens, which is in full swing right now. We just returned from an unbelievable Eastern Conference kickoff event in Austin, Texas, where four thousand fans were entertained by the PR Sevens teams doing battle at the magnificent Q2 Stadium. Record crowd, record drama. We went straight into semi-finals with Black Joe Lewis performing at halftime, followed by the third place and finals. Five hours of entertainment, two winners crowned. If you haven't seen the action, head to the website PR7s.com and also the PR7s YouTube page to catch the thrilling matches. The headliners won the women's competition. Texas team took the men's. I was in the booth for this first event, commentating with New Zealand gold medalist, Rugby World Cup 7s and 15s winner Ruby Tui, plus local Texas sensation Wendy Young Sardan. It was so, so brilliant. Robs, how did you enjoy the broadcast on CBS Sports, my friend? First of all, how was that concert, by the way? How was the concert? Oh, it was good. The concert was good. Look, it was like 120 degrees outside. So we were we were watching from a distance. But no, the crowds came around. There were funding drinks. Very, very popular performer. It was cool to have that kind of halftime show go on while the players obviously rested and hydrated and got ready for their matches. It was a good short block. And you don't often see that in sevens. Normally, it's a two or three day absolute, you know, barn burner fest of, you know, 50 hours. I love the league is investing in that and just, giving that big, big entertainment experience for these fans. Uh, for me, I was tuned in, uh, like action-packed, coast-to-coast, happy to hear you and Ruby back on the hot mic and full song together covering all the action. But I was also super excited for all the new athletes and coaching launching the new franchises, uh, like the Steel Toes, Pittsburgh Steel Toes, the locals and Texas team for the men obviously debuted year one. Now in season three, we got, we got a women's side for all three of those teams was super exciting. And from a coaching aspect, it was nice to assess the first round of the Eastern competition ahead of the big Western launch this week in Minnesota. Yeah, I bet. And when I turned to Ruby, of course, she was super excited to uh, debut for her side as well, the Golden State Retrievers. So I think you're going to be hands full. She was training, she was working hard. Uh, it's going to be good, you know. Okay, but let's talk the finals. So firstly, semifinals, doozy, couple points separating some of the sides. But the women's final, headliners against the New York locals, so impressed from players from both sides. For New York, impressive. Amy Bonte was excellent. I thought Nini Weathers, such an athlete, great sprinter. Manai Nuku and Stacey Walker, world class. 
players. And then for the headliners, Olympia Nye Tapper on form yet again. Her Eagles teammate, Elena Olsen, with the Mexico Sevens. Jen Salomon was fantastic. And then stellar moments in the final from Lizzie Gibson and Alyssa Porter, plus the electric Monique Coffey, who we have on the episode, which is great. And player of the tournament, Magali Harvey, absolutely stacked. 21-12 the final score, but it was 14-12, a very tight finish at the end. Yeah, I got I to gotta just give uh, Lizzie Gibson a shout out. She came to our Montreal uh, ID camp for the loonies, the Northern loonies. She drove in, like, I don't know, a couple days from Ontario. Uh, her coach put her forward, and uh, she really wanted to be a loony, to be honest. Uh, but just the way the rounds went in the draft, and uh, Coach Lockie and I are, are pretty tight, and he he was looking for a, a power forwarder with skills, and I just said I'd love to take Lizzie, but what's important is that she gets an opportunity, and, and she took the opportunity. So you're going to a great Great program, great staff, great vibe. And, uh, you know, she played almost the whole tournament. And, and you know, for, you know, the best thing about PR7s, which we talk about all the time, it's that opportunity to shine a light. And she played against some of the best players in the world. And, and she, she put her hand up. So I was super excited for her. Some other players that, that for me, you know, from the dream team that caught my eye, of course, Stacey Walker. It was nice to see her playing with other girls. Uh, she was just pure magic. That out-the-back pass, like how good draws in, like eight defenders, you do the math out the back. And uh, Richie Walker had a scouting told me before the tournament, I got to watch out for my Naya Nuku uh, playing halfback for the locals. He's like, just watch brother. And uh, from the second she got on the field, it's like, she, she's like the matrix. It's like, she just hit like slow-mo on everybody else. And she's just jogging around with the field. And for young players out there, we don't always have to go hard and fast. Um, she was just, you know, what I really liked is she just controlled the whole game. And then for, you know, another shout out to a Canadian is Sarah Caljuvi, uh, you know, 15th World Cup player. She's played sevens for years. Uh, again, just a breakout uh, opportunity to lead that new franchise and was a star in the final, just dominated and burst onto the Premier Seven scene in style. Yeah, it was so good to see a couple other players I forgot about to mention as well was uh, Tasha Ekinasio was was brilliant as well for, for her side. Uh, Meg Mambe, excellent player. So those players made the tournament team, uh, which is really good. And then we flick across to the men's side of things, New York locals. So they made both finals, which is so great. Played the Texas team, who were led by New Zealand sevens player Rhodes Featherstone, who we'll chat to in this episode, actually. But off the training, 7 nothing. Chris Orridge scored a hat-trick of tries for the Texas side. They led 22 points to 7, thought the game was done and buried. But Joe Vosalevu and Mr. Nitro, the Fijian sevens legend, Alasia Nanduva, was sublime. They made it 22 points to 19 with three seconds left on the clock, which means they could kick off and they got the restart back as well. They almost won it at the death. One of the best finals we've witnessed. Really enjoyed Olympian Cody Melfi, the young Isaiah Cruze for New York, plus uh, for Texas Craig Hunt was excellent. Uh, Jerome Nale, American Raptor as well, Lina Latu, all had very, very strong performances. Well, I tell you what, these Fijians, you know, they are a human roller coaster. And I just saw a few in the lobby today. We had Temba and uh, was it Naku, so uh, it'll be exciting this weekend. On the men's side, for me, I, I thought it was great to see uh, sorry, Ben Pinkelman back back on the big stage fighting for return to the USA Olympic program, hoping to go to Paris next year. So, you know, it was a good good comeback tournament for him. One player, Jeremoni Nale, the Fijian playmaker, former headliner, was pivotal in the team, taking home the hardware. And then uh, a couple Canadian flyers that got to break out last week, uh, Ethan Hager with the Pittsburgh Steel Toes scoring a a couple tries in the bronze medal and setting up two others, as well as Oliver McKenzie, who's helped lead the Texas team to a title at home. And and for those two guys, like they've been grinding 
They're the guys that always message me. I've coached Ethan in a couple pathway teams, and he's been training in Sean White's senior sevens team. Like he was so close to go on tour this year. Of course, he just got injured ahead of time. And then Oliver McKenzie's a, a you know a classic North American football crossover. He's been texting me about the the PR sevens for the last three years, and and to you know debut you know at the at the Austin home tournament and 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 lift the trophy. I just like just pure joy for those boys. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you mentioned Hager because you're right. He has a he was a player that did stand out, and he doesn't look like he's a massive unit at all. Anything very elusive. Great support lines. He played well with the uh, Nigerian nightmare Aki Raymond, which is good too. Another player I forgot to mention was <laughs> David Hightower. Well, strong, powerful, a massive bulldozer. He can sprint and finish. Uh, he was part of uh, Ben Pinkelman's side. Very, very dangerous threat out there. All right, so let's turn our attention now. Western Conference kickoff is happening this weekend. You're on the ground. You're one of the coaches for the Looney's women's side. What does the week look like? Uh, can you give us some insights into, you know, how you prepare the side for performance? Yeah, so uh, for me, specifically with the Loonies this year, you know, I had a lot of development players last year up and coming. This year, I, I got girls that are ready to go. You know, I basically spent the last 10 months on the road, Dallin, as you know, uh, coast to coast and across the U.S. as well, and, and uh, working alongside Mike and, and Richie. So I know my team pretty well. We're not trying to overdo it this this week. We've been working alongside our Canadian 15s and 7s coaches. So really our, our communication this week is around just clarity and, and, and connections. That's really, I want them to understand. I want them to have a great time with the PR7s. I think we have like nine debutants in the Premier 7s, all with a lot of experience. And we'll be welcoming back Alev Kelter. She's flying in uh, early tomorrow morning. So the original Looney captain and champion from uh, Memphis is back. She owes me a tattoo, so we'll make sure after this weekend's uh, success that that she'll be back. But that'll be that'll be class. But uh, yeah, the week looks like uh, we got hour and a half, one hour and a half session per day. It's, it's super hot outside, so we didn't want to cook them with two sessions. Uh, we had a, a hydro after our training today, and and we're gonna go for a cool dinner tonight. So typically, up early, activation, team breakfast, just kind of go over the plan for the day, on field recovery repeat and but super exciting is uh you know i fly so much like you down whenever i fly in a new place i'm like what's going on what sporty events or what concerts and honestly most of the time they're happening like while my event is going on or the night before or after i get there but uh you know looney's men's coach wagner he uh invited our women's team to a minnesota twins game against the, the boston red sox which is super cool 13 dollars ticket so we're gonna we're gonna be out and about tomorrow getting amongst it smashing some peanuts and uh and, and cheering for our red sox oh that's so great i'm so glad you do find time to do some of those fun activities on the ground because you're right at the end of the day obviously the rugby is vitally important but it is also nice to experience things outside of the hotel room and the training so that's great to see uh, Robs, I want to say it was awesome to see the Samurai Sleek kit with all the teams this past week in the East. Very, very impressive. Can't wait to see what you guys come up with. Hydration partner, good sport. Brilliant, especially with the immunity we saw last week and your very hot conditions we are now. So any final comments before we uh, we see you in action? Yeah, I just want to say, like, shout out to the PR7's league, all the staff. Like, I don't think they sleep or eat, so I'm trying to feed them and, and bring coffees. But genuinely, from year one to year two to year three, Snacks and his team, Amy, like shout out to those guys. You know, Owen's here, our, our CEO working as well 24-7. And the experience for the players is next level. Everything is dialed in. You know, the, the league is, is moving up, exploding, but this, the standard is staying really high. So uh, everybody will be ready for the action this weekend. Now, uh, good. Uh, and the final thing is you said, mention a tattoo, uh, Lev Kelter. So is that an ongoing thing? If you win a tournament or do you need to win the actual full championship title? 
It's a great question. Uh, I, I'm throwing down per tournament. <laughs> throwing down per tournament. Yeah, come on. I mean, my I got my assistant coach Brett. I mean, he's he's not all in till he's till he's got the bird on his uh, on, on on his body. So it's uh, there'll be more tattoos getting printed this year for sure. So if you're a tattoo artist out there, you know, DM us. Business will be booming. Okay, let's get into episode five of the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. We have PR Sevens general manager Mike Tolkien. We have New Zealand Sevens player Texas captain Rhodes Featherston, and then rising star from the headliners Monique Coffey. We hope you enjoy your sleep sensations. PR Sevens GM Mike Tolkien, just known as Talks, joins us now. Talks, strap yourselves in. Welcome to the roller coaster, my friend. It's great to be on. Been waiting a long time to get between you guys and get into the action. So oh, thanks hey. for having me today. Oh, it's so great to have you. All right, we'll start with an easy question. The square root of 3,789. Oh, that's got to be 85. <laughs> Tox, Tox, you're the man. You're the wizard. You bring the laughs. You bring the entertainment. We had so much fun in Austin this past weekend. It was brilliant to see it unfold. And, and you know, I know it's been building for a long time. What were your takeaways from Austin? Austin was probably the best event we've had in the three years. Uh, last year we kicked off there and it was it was a real success. But this year it was really a few notches up. The talent level was phenomenal. I thought all the matches were exciting, really good athletic performances by outstanding players. The crowd was great. So we were really happy with the way Austin went and the kickoff uh, started this year. And Mike, can you tell us what the audience, like uh, the roller coaster audience, what your roles, responsibilities are? I know you wear a million hats and you got to answer calls from from uh, from too many coaches from day to day. What is it like day to day to be the GM of the PR7s? Uh, I get a lot of calls from Canada from some coach. But, uh, <laughs> aside Those from that, favorite. yeah, Robin, basically, uh, I my responsibilities are getting the athletes signed onto teams, working with the coaches. Um, the coaches have had more responsibility in putting their squads together. So I'll liaise with them and identifying talent, getting them signed, putting the coaching staffs together, uh, and then kind of working with the structures of the, uh, of the tournaments and how we put them together in the cities, working with the operations department to make sure that's all synchronized. So that's kind of the nuts and bolts behind the scene, but kind of the fun part is, is working with you coaches and working with the players and getting everyone allotted to their their teams. Well, the nice thing for us coaches is that we have a coach as a general manager, so you actually understand what we what we want and need. And uh, you know, dealing with you and Richie, it's 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 definitely been refreshing from a coach's aspect to not only work with you guys and understand, but also lean on you to help help mentor us and uh, and support us. So it's been super refreshing. Can you believe we're season three? 16 teams, two conferences, five stops. Tell, tell us what it's like for you to help build this incredible league that's now exploding across North America. Robin, it's been really exciting. Uh, you know, it, it, it seems like yesterday we were just kicking off down in Memphis, like I said. But, um, you know, the year goes by pretty quickly. You know, we start with the ID camps in January. We go through the whole winter and spring uh, working with the teams and the drafts. So it, it just seems like a lot of pieces – you know, you 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 seem unsettled for a while there, but as we get close, everything falls into place, and it's really exciting when the teams finally arrive. Everyone has so much enthusiasm and energy. The gear looks great. You know, I think our PR and marketing department do a fantastic job in getting those pictures out to relay the excitement. And then, of course, in the broadcast booth, you know, we have great people like Dallin. Last week we had Tui, 
Ruby Tui, and um, it was that added to the whole excitement in it. So, yeah, really fun to finally be here. And, and talks, you've been involved in many exciting projects, of course, and a lot of brilliant work behind the scenes. Xavier Rugby, of course, coaching the Eagles, Rugby World Cup. You and I got to spend a lot of time together doing that role. And now PR7s, we're teaming up. But I say I do miss the days when you and I were in the booth together. That was great fun. I do miss those. We had a couple-year run where we were uh, almost every week, Dallin, and I really enjoyed that, keeping, you know, keeping involved in the game, seeing the new teams in the leagues and the new players emerging, some of the international talent, you know. And I, I will say, you know, in those days, you taught me a lot about the business. I appreciate that, you know, and it helped me grow as a, uh, you know, my role in the game evolved and changed. So that was a nice, uh, a nice side of growth for me. I was awesome. I, just, I, I love, that's the thing about rugby, right? You, you know, if you do good work and you do your homework and things like that, you can do fulfill many different roles, which you have, I have, we all have, Robin too. And, uh, but we obviously don't all have loonies tattoos, but what I'll say is it was really cool because then even my wife and I got to visit you in New York. We got to hang out and spend a lot of quality time together, which is great. Now, we know you're a super busy man, so you've got the Western Conference coming up very, very soon in Minnesota. What can fans expect for round two? You know, the interesting thing about the Western Conference, Dallin, is that, um, you know, we kind of have a, more of the experienced teams who have been around for a while. The East had more of the new franchises. So we have established teams, established coaches, really good talent. You know, you know some of it you've been – reading up and doing your homework to prepare, you know, Robin and his crew. We are looking for a high-octane, you know, type of game. A lot of energy, a lot of scoring, just real excitement and energy in that game. Well, talks. we can't wait for, to see it this weekend unfold. Appreciate your insight to Quackerberger. And, and again, you're doing a fine, fine job there at the PR7s. Uh, and again, the action is hotter than the sun, my friend. Can't wait to get started in Minnesota. And it is hot. You are right. All right, let's strap in. Roller coaster number two coming your way. Cheers, talks. Thanks, guys. The headliners were a big hit yet again in the PR7s, winning the tournament in Austin this past weekend. And we have rising star Monique Coffey on the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. So nice to have you on today, Monique. Thank you. It's great to be here. Awesome. Now, listen, out of curiosity, because of your great last name, what is your favorite coffee? I actually don't drink coffee. I prefer tea. Ah. Ah. Brilliant. Okay, I'm going to use another commentary next time we see you, which is great. <laughs> Last year, I want to say you burst onto the scene in the PR7s. You won tournaments in Austin and D.C. with the headliners. I'll never forget the amazing hat-trick you scored against the Rhinos ex-Soka loggerheads. How amazing has this PR7s journey been for you, particularly because international viewers and, of course, folks in North America have really taken a massive interest? Yeah, I think it's awesome to have this opportunity in North America before um, joining the PR7s last year, I actually was playing in England and I was in love with the, the culture there around surrounding rugby. And I would love to see that here in North America. So just having the PR7s experience, being able to play in the state and be able to have fans come and see you um, and having that, that rugby culture thing. And for me to be a part of it is also super special. So it's amazing for me and everybody from the, our teams to come together to have these big tournaments and to be treated like professionals. I think that's one thing that is awesome with it, especially having that equality between the, the men and the women playing, that we're both treated like professionals, both all teams are treated like professionals, and we really get to showcase our skills at a high level, especially in, uh, in North America where a lot of the teams are far apart from each other. You might not have the best players against other, other top-level players, 
and you might not get that competition wherever you're from, especially like someone like myself, who's always been in rural Canada. Um, I might not always be competing against the, the best players or on the best teams, but PR7s really gives you that opportunity to be on those teams of high-level players and play against other high-level players and inter even international players. So it's amazing to be able to showcase the skill that we do have here in North America that you might not always be able to see because um, we're so dispersed around the country. Wonderful, Monique. Well, Dallin, has, he forgot to tell you, but I told him who was going to win in the ladies. He did. He did say headliners. Yeah. <gasps> the rock and rollers got it going on. And uh, Monique Coffee is the best two names in sports. Just crushing it, lives up to it. Monique, you've had an interesting story. You're a dual citizen. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey growing up in a small town, 8,500 people? And what sports did you enjoy when you were a kid? Yeah, so I, um, I grew up in Dauphin, Manitoba, which is a small town in central northern Manitoba. Um, like you said, 85,000 people. But we were actually considered the city of the area because we were the big city compared to other little towns around us. So lucky for me, I actually had the opportunity to play plenty of sports growing up. So I started, you know, before I could remember playing t-ball and Timbit soccer, which for those listening, not from Canada, um, I think it's sponsored by Tim Hortons, which you've probably heard of. And it's all the like three, four-year-olds, five-year-olds running around, kicking a ball, picking daisies. Um, so that's where I started. And I just grew from there, picking up sports as I got older, playing pretty much every sport that my school offered. And in middle school, I was playing American football. And I loved American football, and I was pretty good at it. One of, or I think the only girl on the, on the boys' team, you know, on the boys' team. And the rugby players from the high school came and saw a game and saw me play, and they said, oh, we need to get Monique Coffee out. We need to get her out. So they invited me. They were like, as soon as you get to high school, join the rugby team. And I joined the rugby team, and I loved it. Um, I fell in love. I remember there was this one guy who would always carry rugby ball around our, our school and he could, you know, throw it up and spin it and come back down. And now that's like the easiest thing, but I was like amazed. I was like, how does this ball move? Like all these players are so, you know, there's those who are fast, those who are big, those who, you know, can catch, kick, run, whatever. So it was just like an amazing sport. And I loved it. So in high school, I did continue playing my other sports. I played you know, ice hockey, I played volleyball, I played football, I did some curling, um, but I really fell in love with rugby. And obviously, because I've kept playing it all through into my adulthood. Yeah, I love that. And uh, the interesting thing is, of course, is, you know, if you excel in sports, generally, you know, you're going to find the one that you love. And we love that it's rugby. Now, there's a competition going on because I represent America and Robin represents Canada. You technically play for either country and either side. Now, how are you leaning? And of course, you can't break Robin's heart. <laughs> yeah for sure no i am um, i am working really hard and as you've seen at the competitions i'm just you know putting it putting it all out there and i'm not leaning either way i was actually training with the the canada maple leaf academy from january until may so that was an amazing experience but i haven't been contracted yet so i'm just waiting for the call i just want to see you play so whatever country is lucky enough to have you monique i'll be cheering for you i cheer for players not always countries or teams anymore unless the loonies are beating the headliners all right let's talk off the field you were involved in the best buddies program which which sees students partner with people and their special needs what a fantastic way to help can you tell us a little bit about that program yeah so i did um a lot of volunteering growing up and that was uh one of the things i did in university and i thought it was an amazing program because um it creates relationships, one-on-one -on -one relationships with people with special needs, which I didn't really 
think about beforehand, but these uh, individuals who might be kind of isolated by society and not have a way to make these relationships outside of programs like these, um, it allows that to happen. So uh, lucky for me, I had a, a man named Douglas who I was friends with and we would always go on walks and hang out and watch TV and have lunch together. And I was very fortunate to be able to call him my friend. And unfortunately, since COVID, um, we kind of lost contact during that. But it was it was amazing being able to meet somebody who I might not be able to connect with or have the opportunity to connect with in another way and be able to be there for him, but also for him to be there for me was amazing. Yeah, often we we gain a lot more, right, when we help others as well, which is so great. So I, I love reading that about you on your bio. Okay, well, now we want to switch to the PR7, of course. Austin, Texas, this past weekend was hotter than we've ever seen. Tell us a bit about the build-up to the event, uh, new players in your squad from last time around. How do you build that chemistry, and how did that go this week? The Headliners has a very specific culture, and definitely one of the best cultures I have ever um, experienced on a team. And it was amazing last year finishing on such a high, um, finishing with that culture, but also, you know, winning the championship and just finishing like that was awesome. That obviously it's big shoes to fill for this year for coming in, having a lot of new players on our team, um, seeing a lot of new faces and just trying to rebuild that chemistry. But thankfully we had uh, somewhere great to start with. We had some faces come over from last year and we had the same coaching staff. So as soon as we got there, we said, this is the headliners culture and we want to maintain it. And it was great seeing the girls who are new this year fit in so easily. So we got to Austin and we started, you know, every meeting we start with a, a personal question to start off the meeting, which I have never done that with any other team that I've been on. But tell us about your, your worst job or tell us about your, you know, your favorite rugby memory or something like that, where we all go around the circle and we all get to know each other a little bit more. And that's so important for something, especially when we, it's such a short season, right? We have three tournaments. Two of them were only there for maybe two days before the actual tournament. So with such a short season, you have to be able to work with the time that you have to build those relationships so that you can come out strong as a team. And I think that our coaching staff really emphasizes that that's so important to build those connections off the field, to see those connections on the field. Season three, knockout format. How was is, how is your approach? How did you feel going into that first knockout game? And then, you know, straight into a semifinals, essentially. And, and what was it like overall being in Austin again and winning? The knockout format definitely makes it a, for an exciting game because every game matters. And you could tell that the, the fans in the stands knew that, too. They were screaming the whole time. And it definitely makes you that much a little bit nervous when you go into the game knowing that if you lose this game, you could be in the third, fourth place game instead of being in the final. Not that that's what I think about, but I'm just saying you could think about that. Um, so yeah, it definitely makes you a little bit more nervous, but it does make for a very exciting game. You know, your heartbeat's going and you're ready. You're ready to come in strong. And that's the emphasis that every game matters. You have to come out with, uh, you know, with everything you got. And I think, yeah, we really focused on that coming into that, but I was disappointed that we did not get to play the home team. We didn't play the, the Austin, the, the Texas team. So I would have loved the opportunity to play them as well. 
Yeah, but I think that's nice because the next event, I think they do mix it up. So you, then you'll get a chance to play them. But but let's go right into it, right? So you said there are 4,000 fans. They were, they were going wild. They're very loud. Your, your opening game, which basically is the semifinal against the Steel Toes, you win it 21 points to 19. Olympia Knights happened to the rescue with two tries. The game was tense. Yeah, can you take us through that game? Yeah, no, it definitely, like I said, it was, you, your hearts were pumping as soon as we got on the field, and it was a close game the whole way through. So obviously, you know, we're trying to put them in, but our opponents are trying just as hard to uh, get the up on us. Luckily, we had, um, you know, Nia Tapa there to steer the win, but I definitely think that everybody on the headliners was working as hard as they can, putting, a, putting in um, the work so that we could secure the win for that game. And then we, we go to the final, right? Again, a- another thrilling one. So you lock horns with the New York locals. But one of my favorite moments was Stacey Walker, the New Zealand Sevens legend that's been on the roller coaster with us before. She stepped through, was going for the line, was going to score a certain try. You came out of nowhere, tackled her, brought her down. Uh, tell us about that epic final and pretty cool to go against uh, some New Zealand legends, right? Yeah, no, it's definitely awesome having that level of competition at PR Sevens playing with international players without, uh, you know, against international players. So it is amazing. And it definitely shows how competitive uh, rugby in North America can be. And that final, you know, you step on the field and you see who you're lined up against. But you also see who you're beside, you know, like we were saying, uh, Elena Olsen, Naya Taffer, Megaly Hyerby, um, and the rest of the players on my team, you know. So we knew that we could come in and we knew we could secure that game, which we did. But... That was uh, definitely a moment that I will remember. And yeah, but it was an amazing game the whole way through. You know, both teams fighting for it was just an amazing feeling to be. And both teams, you know, um, having that high level of competition. Going into uh, the Eastern Conference Finals in, a, in, a, in about three weeks' time, on each, what are the headliners' goals? And how are you going to keep that consistency to win it all? The headliners are really big about culture. And our goals for the season will be to keep building that building as a team, building that connection on and off the field so that we come out as strong as we can be in those finals. So, you know, we, we ended on a high at the last tournament and we talked about having some Zoom meetings just to keep that connection while we're off the field so that when we come in, we can continue to build that. And of course, our goals, as they should be, is to win that tournament. Yeah, that's great. And I just want to finish off your player of the tournament uh, was Magali Harvey. You mentioned her. What's it like? Because she was world player of the year back in 2014 when you were probably three or four years old. <laughs> so I knew that I would be on a team with Magali Harvey, you know, before I got there. And, you know, I'm kind of readying myself because she's a star in rugby and especially rugby in Canada, a star. And the first day... Or the, yeah, the first day I was there, I get into the elevator, I'm going down, and she steps into the elevator. And obviously, I was starstruck because Megaly Harvey was in the elevator with me. And I knew that we were going to meet, just not then. I wasn't prepared. So she steps into the elevator, and she comes to me, and I'm like, that's Megaly Harvey. And she goes, hey, I'm Megs. And I go, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Maybe an embarrassing moment for me, but... Who can blame me when such an amazing player is going to be playing beside me? Uh, so I, I obviously told her this story, and, you know, she she was surprised, but she's honestly, like, the sweetest, um, amazing player. You know, she's great both on and off the field. It was awesome having her on our team, being a leader and, like, giving individual feedback, giving group feedback. So I guess I was right to be Star Trek. She's amazing. Uh, and it was great to be able to experience that. 
at this PR7 and hopefully in the upcoming tournaments. That's another one of the beautiful things about the PR7s is that, you know, you've got young up and coming players like yourself that are gaining great experiences by being alongside these legends, whether they're on your team or playing against them and you're picking up uh, learnings as you go through, which is fantastic. Now, I know you're going to be tuning in this weekend uh, as Robin's team, the Loonies, look to carve and make a statement in the Western Conference kickoff this Saturday in Minneapolis. Final thing before we let you go, Eastern Conference Championship, Pittsburgh, July 23. If fans haven't got their tickets, why should they come and watch you carve it up? Yeah, rugby, sevens rugby is an amazing sport to watch. I always tell everybody that the pace of it has you on the edge of your seat the whole way through. It's only 14-minute games, so you don't even have a time to breathe before the next game is on. you got to be cheering for another team, and you got to be ready for big hits, big runs, long passes, amazing skills on display, and amazing players out on the field. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to see you carve it up soon again. We'll need coffee that drinks tea. We'll see you soon. Thank you. It's the winning captain of the Texas team taking stop one in Austin by Storm Rhodes. Featherston joins us on the Rugby Sevens roller coaster. Thanks for taking the time, pal. Hey, no, cheers for having me. Yeah, good to be here. Well, firstly, where are you calling in from? Because I know it can't be 120 degrees and as humid as it was in Austin. Nah, it's definitely not. Um, Kitty and I are here in, in Seattle. Um, so, yeah, we got here, got back in here on Monday. It's, yeah, definitely not 105 and and uh, the sun's not scorching down on us. So, so it's a bit more comfortable here. Yes. A bit more comfortable. Exactly. More comfortable. Well, luckily, luckily, it was only two games. So I think I do like that format uh, from that point of view. But we'll get to that in a little bit. We first want to touch on, so when Robin was uh, checking out and stalking you on Instagram, you saw that uh, you had a New Zealand and a South African flag there, which, of course, caught my attention being South African and Rhodes not a common name. So tell our audience, how did you get that name? Yeah, yeah. So my, my father's South African. Um, he's a pretty pretty proud Saffir uh, from uh, on the uh, Eastern Cape, Grafenet, uh, just outside Port Elizabeth. So yeah, when they uh, when my parents found out they were they were having twins, the old man was definitely hoping hoping for two boys, and he wanted to do a bit of a, a one two punch and uh, go with John T. Rhodes after the, the, the pretty famous cricketer. Which is a bit, you know, it's a bit handy. Ro- Rhodes is a family name anyway, but he definitely wanted to chuck the uh, the jaunty in there. Uh, and sure enough, uh, I ended up having a twin sister. So then he was pestering to go for, for Jaunty Rhodes as my name, and my mum said it was either one or the other. So, yeah, ended up with Rhodes. Yeah. Oh, that is that's so great because growing up in South Africa, John T. Rhodes was one of my favorite cricket players. Is arguably one of the greatest fielders of all time in the game of cricket. Such great energy, enthusiasm, and he has so many highlights. So that's really fascinating. So you got to tell your father actually. Uh, for a brief time period, I went to Dale College in the Eastern Cape, and so he'll be familiar. Okay. He'll be familiar with that. So uh, we'll definitely need, need need to share a few jars. You know. Uh, now listen. Does yeah, John T. Rhodes? Sure. Does John T. Rhodes know the story about you? Nah, nah, surely not. Nah, nah. Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see how how he would. Uh, no, no. Okay, <laughs> well, we'll we'll have to we'll have to mention that. We know Sarabic is a small place, as you know, so I'm sure the story will mm. get out. Yeah, nah, brilliant. Look forward to it. Rhodes, I tell you what, it's a shame the mall man Thomas Isherwood, who plays for Canada, he wasn't available this year, but he was in the original Texas team back in Memphis in 2021. Wish he was with you, but in his honor, your hair was flying as you uh, you lifted up the trophy there on Saturday. So. Welcome to the Premier Sevens. Could you, uh, could we go back a bit and just tell us a little bit where you grew up and what rugby is like and how you fell into it and what other sports you played and, and what it's like now playing at the highest level? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, um, 
always played rugby. Grew up in, in Wellington, so the capital city of New Zealand. And, and you know, definitely grew up with the, the mindset of it's not winter unless you're playing footy. So, yeah, whenever it was cold, there was always a rugby ball in my hand. But pretty typical Kiwi Kiwi upbringing where there was kind of no no sport off limits. I was pretty fortunate that my that my parents were, were willing to just let me to let me loose and and you know if anything came came to my attention that I wanted to play, I could just rip in and do it. So pretty fortunate enough to to have that have that growing up. But Wellington was a cool place, a cool little city. Loved it there. Went to to St Pat's College in Wellington, which was a, a pretty awesome upbringing through there. Really, uh, you know, set probably set the set the tone for me as a as a young adult. Really, so pretty fortunate enough to go there. But yeah, in terms of what sport I played, Echo played everything. Played even a bit of ultimate frisbee at some point. You know, softball, soccer, hockey, everything. Uh, it was I was pretty fortunate. Yeah, you can't beat the multi sport upbringing. And you're about 25 years old. Were you a toddler going to the Wellington Sevens when Dal and I were playing? I got to say, like, everybody talks about the Hong Kong Sevens, but Wellington Sevens, the first time I went there, I mean, obviously being a North American and being a Canadian, I always wanted to go to, to New Zealand and play. I always wanted to go to Wellington. And uh, for me, like, when I look back at my career, my favorite place I ever played was a sold-out Westpac Stadium in, in Windy Wellington. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I was pretty lucky, actually, my... Uh, my birthday's on the 6th of Feb, which was always Wellington Sevens weekend. So I spent my, my 18th birthday uh, at at Wellington Sevens, which was a, a hell of an introduction to uh, the drinking. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, Wellington Sevens was fantastic. Eh? And, and obviously uh, made its way up to Hamilton. And we were pretty lucky enough to, to go to Hamilton Sevens and, and see the last, they're not going back there, which is a bit gutting, but. Uh, yeah, sevens in New Zealand. I mean, heck, it's, it's done right. I can tell you that much. It really is. Actually, it was my debut was the Wellington Sevens for the USA and uh, iconic tournament to play in the Cape Town and experience that. It was, was very, very special. So that actually leads me to the next question. What was it like for you then to put on the New Zealand Sevens jersey? Can you describe your debut? What was going through your mind on and off the field that whole weekend? Yeah, heck, uh, a lot. <laughs> you know, it's... Um, yeah, in, in New Zealand, like that that black jersey is it's gold, right? So, uh, just to have the opportunity to 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 put that on um, is is I mean, just to say that I'll never forget it doesn't even come close. You know, the team itself, we were under the pump a wee bit. Like there was there was no doubt about it. We we're going to to Hong Kong with a squad that was uh, down on a few a few big names in that. So to to go there and, and get a debut, and then for the boys to just rip in and and get a win there was unbelievable. Like, you know, Hong Kong is, you know, it, it's it's Hong Kong, <laughs> you know, like to go there and, and, and to win in and, and, and my first point, it was pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, a lot a lot was going through, uh, especially in the days leading up. But, you know, it's a wicked group of lads that, you know, everyone's got your back and everyone's uh, everyone's doing their bit to help you. So it was it was awesome. But, I wouldn't quite say it was easy getting through the week, but the guys definitely did their part to make it as easy as it, as it could be. Rose, one thing I'll say is that, you know, it's a real privilege for me to be a commentator on the Sevens World Series, but to see your New, your New Zealand side, there's a list of players you said for several tournaments which you could make up an alternate squad of players with, with obviously a lot of experience that could go and win any other tournament as well. So it was really, truly amazing to see how your younger group came in and there was nothing, no level went down on the field. In fact, it, it, the energy increased even. 
but also tell us about the cool tradition of performing the haka after you won a tournament. Yeah, that's uh, that that's going to be up there in terms of one of the all-time great moments in my life. You know, it's it's the guys. You know, it's, well, first of all, the haka is made from you know a, a few of the guys within the team. So Nigel Nodohi and and Regan Ware and Joe Weber and, and a couple guys outside. You know, it's uh, it it means a lot to the team. It, it's not you know it's not something we do just for the hell of it. And uh, yeah, heck, if I thought I had goosebumps running out for my debut, I, I was pretty evenly matched by the uh, doing the hucker. Yeah, yeah, epic, epic, epic scenes. Well, nothing, nothing better than your debut, and and obviously sharing that moment and and uh, the Hong Kong Sevens. It's uh, it's tough to describe what the World Series is, and uh, let alone the Hong Kong Sevens that's behind Dallin there. Did you did you make your way to the South Stand at all after you won? Uh, I had a couple mates, couple mates around there. Uh, yeah, my, my partner was was there as well. So um, yeah, no, dragged dragged a few of them onto the field to, to share the moment with them. And uh, yeah, we well we had we had Singapore the next weekend, so I wouldn't say that the boys completely ripped in. But yeah, there were a couple beers shared. Yeah, we played in the. I was at the 2006 Commonwealth Games at the Telstra Dome, and I had some like one of my my best friends that I grew up with. He was there traveling, so I got him tickets. You couldn't get tickets; it was seventy thousand sold out. And so I saw him, like, before the game. We had lots of time. Saw him. It was good. Cool. Saw him in the, after the first game. He'd had a couple pints. After the second game, saw him again. Like, there was hours between games. Just went up and saw him. Spilled some beers on my tracksuit. He's trying to text me after the third game. I'm like, I'll see you after the weekend. <laughs> like, we're good. You have a good time. <laughs> I, yeah. I got I to gotta focus. So after you won the World Series, how did the PR7's opportunity arise? And was it, was it the man, Brady Rush, who played here last year that, that connected you? Yeah, well, the the opportunity actually came up while we were on on tour, and for Hong Kong and Singapore, and obviously Brady had come back the year beforehand, and he couldn't speak highly enough about the the competition as a whole in terms of the lads that you play with and and where you get to go. So uh, we already had a pretty good pretty good idea about what what it was like, and then Clarky put it out to a few of the guys that maybe hadn't played as much sevens in the last year or two if he wanted to, to to take the opportunity. And yeah, so Kitty and I, buddy, jumped at it. You know, we were yeah, keen as to, to get on board and, and again, play some more sevens, but also go to a part of the world we'd never been before. You know, meet a good good group of lads and, and, and rip in to, for a couple of months of uh, of rugby. So yeah, no, we're, we've enjoyed it. The first buddy week was a hell of an introduction. <laughs> I, I bet it was. And firstly, yeah, it's great that Clark Ladlaw is, you know, has such foresight to get his players more experience around the world. There isn't, there aren't a lot of sevens events that go on and one or two sparkling around. So this is one of the few, if only, uh, the only professional one, you know, of course, with the equal opportunities for men and women, which is so great. So tell us about that chemistry, because you probably only met some of these teammates that you were playing with, you know, the week of, uh, you only had a few days training. It was very hot. What was it like? And how, how, how do you, how do you come together so well in the squad uh, just for the, in a few days? Uh, yeah, that's a, it's a it's definitely a key one, and I think it definitely played a pretty big part uh, for us in the weekend. Just being, you know, I've been pretty fortunate enough to play with a few kind of uh, invitational teams, kind of where you do get together the week of. And obviously, the, the the key thing is just getting to know, getting to know the fellas. Like um, we we came in, I'd been talking to Troy and Kurt because Kurt's a, a Taranaki lad, which is which is what I call home now. So. 
before even tearing up. You know, I've been in quite a few uh, chats with, with the two of them. But yeah, once you once you kind of start to meet the meet the guys, it's pretty key to just get real close and, and connect. You know, there's some some pretty unreal stories of uh, a few of the guys that I was lucky enough to play with in the weekend just been. So um, getting to understand, you know, where guys, what their background's like, their experience. You know, some guys, it was their first sevens tournament. And for some guys that had only been playing rugby for, for two or three years, a couple of guys had D1 college football experience. So just, yeah, getting to know each other, kind of uh, understanding each other's why a little bit, you know, why they play footy and, and why they're there. Because, heck, if you look left and right on either side of you in, in a rugby game and you're and you know the guy next year. It's it's it means a lot. It does so. That was pretty much what our week was about. You know, we would train, we'd train hard in the heat, and then we'd spend the afternoon connecting and doing doing an activity as a team, or even just chilling out and watching a movie as a team. So I think that went quite far for us. Yeah. And talk us through the two game knockout format. Very very unique to have a whole tournament wrapped up in five hours. What was that pressure like for you? Yeah, it was different. Uh, you know, you know, I'm pretty used to, to a tournament where, um, you know, if you do slip up for a game, you might get an opportunity to to, to come back and and make up for it. But no, it was definitely uh, you had to try and hit the ground running. Um, which again, like we said before, with the heat, I didn't mind too much. It was uh, pretty good. I, I yeah, I quite enjoyed it. It was good. You know, um, there were some pretty awesome sevens on show. Um, and obviously, the more the more teams play and train together, the better that'll get. But you're right, like, with just only playing two games and the tourney being done in five hours, it's kind of, you know, you can lead, lead the weekend and say, right, we just need to be on for, for these two games here. So we can just make sure we do whatever we can body-wise, kind of rugby-wise, to, to make sure we're good to go. Let's talk about that, right? So the semi-final game, you go against your old teammate who's with you currently in the room right now, Kitty Vai. He scores two great tries in the semi-final. What was it like to go up against him? Do you, do you have a couple of words? Oh, yeah, well, Hicker, he was an absolute beast, wasn't he? He was a bloody yeah. walking highlight reel. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty, uh, oh, you know, when, when, when I found out he was, he was playing on the wing or playing at centre, I was pretty stoked that I wasn't propping against him. <laughs> um, but, but we've played against each other quite a bit. Like, we play against ourselves quite a lot in the um, New Zealand 7 setup. So that wasn't too new, but I was definitely stoked that I wasn't, wasn't the one marking him. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, he definitely ripped into some work. And let's let's talk about the final. Playing the New York locals was a blockbuster. Take us back to that game with your thoughts, especially the close near comeback at the end. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that was just kind of a punch for a punch type, type game there for a while. It was uh, it was all go. Yeah, like it was it was a bloody good game of sevens. I think if you kind of watch that, it doesn't really matter what kind of sport you're into, you'd, you'd quite enjoy that because. The locals actually absolutely came back with a bit of a hiss, hiss and a roar. Yeah, it was it was it was a, a weird one going in because obviously we'd only played the one game beforehand and we'd done some things well that we that we liked and there was obviously a few things that we wanted to work on. So there's no better way to test that than to just rip in and play a final. Um, it was it was a bloody cool final. Yeah, like the uh, the locals, they were they were up for it. And, you know, they started off with a hiss and a roll with that try. You know, Dilbu was just ripping in and making us look a bit silly. So, nah, they're, they're a bloody good squad. I'm excited to see see how they go when we get together again in, uh, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
it's going to be fascinating because what I will say is, you know, as a commentator in the booth, you're looking closely at the time as you are as players, but you're highly aware of the points difference and how many tries are needed because you need to convey that to the audience. But they were at about nine seconds left on the clock. And I said to myself, okay, if they do score now, I was thinking, ignore the, the conversion, go straight for the restart, mm-hmm. even if there's one second left on the clock, which is we all love that that hype, right? Because you you can't script it. And that's what happened. They ignored the kick that Cody Malty was on the spot. And then Nanduva had done it in the tournament before in the semifinal. He with a quick restart and they got it ball back. It was ah, oh, it was amazing. But your defense held strong at the end there, which is really cool. So as you said, the final you couldn't have expected or wanted anything more. Now, listen, because Austin was like a home event for your your side, you had this famous guy there, PFT commenter, who's got millions of followers from Barstool Sports. He even led led you out in one of your games. He ran out of the field. Did you get a chance to chat to him? I saw him drinking out of his shoe. He was funneling out a pair of Crocs. I mean, that guy was was all, a complete hazard. Yeah, he, he was he was ripping into a bit of work of his own, wasn't he? Was, uh, <laughs> no, nah, it was pretty cool. Uh, he was a good fella. Actually, we had a quick little chat before that first game, before he ran us out, introduced himself and everything like that. And uh, I knew he was mic'd up, so I knew I had to watch what I was saying. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> No, nah, he was a bloody good bugger. Yeah, had a good ch- little chat to him um, after the final. We had a quick photo on that. And, and yeah, no, nah, he's, he's all laughs. I don't think he takes too much too seriously, which, no. which is good. Good for me. I'm, I'm much the same. So, yeah, was, uh, he's a good fella. Yeah, yeah, per- a perfect match. Also, like, this is the cool thing about North America. People are thinking outside the box to, to grow the game. You wouldn't see that on a, you know, a, a very formal event. So I really love what PRS 7s are doing there as well. Now, a- another thing, which uh, he came up in the booth and he commentated um, during one of the games that your Texas team was playing the women's side. And so he came in for a little bit of a chin wag and we didn't know what to expect. So one of my signature moves is I have a few sayings that I like to use. And he stole all of them and used them in the first, <laughs> in the first 30 seconds. So the guy's good. He's quality. Uh, he-, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah, good on him. Good on him. We need to get him around a bit more, I reckon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the USA Honey Badger. All right, <laughs> so uh, we got the Western Conference here in Minnesota. That's where I am. Are you excited to tune in this week on FS1 and see who you're going to be playing, hopefully in the finals in a couple of weeks? Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Some of those teams are looking uh, pretty bloody stacked, so I'm keen to see them, see them rip in. Should be good. Yeah, it should be bloody good. I don't know. What, what's the weather like down there? Is it as hot as it was in Texas? Uh, it's not quite as hot. We're still in like the, the 30s. So for our, I, I got a mainly Canadian-based squad and, and one uh, red-headed Alaskan, a Lev Kelter. So um, we're, it's hot for us, probably hot for New Zealanders. But uh, but yeah, it's not as bad as what you guys had. And, and luckily, like you guys were, well, we're playing. We don't kick off till 5 p.m. at night, so it should be a little cooler for us. Yeah, lovely. No, no, I'm keen as to see to see if you're the team's ripping some big names. So, no, it should be bloody good. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see you at the Eastern Conference Championship in Pittsburgh, as you said, July 23. Give us a little bit of insights. What are you getting up to before then? What, what are you and uh, Kitiani going to uh, be goose-stepping? Yeah, well, we're we're just here in, in Seattle. We're going to be trying to, to obviously see a, few, see a few of the sites while we're getting through some work and, and doing a bit of training. Yeah. Um, we're, we're staying here with, um, Dev Ferris and, and his wife. So they're, they're quite tight with the, um, local WAC club. So they've got their, uh, seven season going on at the moment. So we're getting around there and, uh, having a bit of a run around at training and stuff with them, which will be, which, will be, which, which is cool, has been great. We've been doing that the last, last few weeks. So kind of keep the, uh, the fitness levels enough to, to keep in, keep it on on us, try and play 14 minutes while also obviously trying to enjoy, enjoy the sights. Yeah. 
Well, that's well, that's so great. It's, it's it's so awesome for us to have you know both of you here, and of course the other players. Now, Dev Ferris, actually, I was in. By the way, I was at your game obviously on Saturday, and then Sunday I, I was at Dev's game sideline commentating. Uh, therefore, Major <laughs> League Rugby. He scored a great try, the intercept try. He was playing fly off. He carved it up, so he still got the move. So when you when you see him, tell him uh, I say he's, he shouldn't retire yet. You know. Oh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's <laughs> close to retiring. I think Kitty's been bloody claiming that he's been teaching them that. Uh, that oh, there we go. There we go. Oh. Well, is he there? Get, 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 tell him to come into the camera here if he's there. Yeah, I'll get, I'll get Kits on. Eh? Get him be, on. Get him he on. Might the eating his Uber Eats. Yeah, exactly. He's got such a good step, man. He's he was on fire this past weekend. Oh. Can you still hear us or what? Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. Well, the camera's loading. There it is. Hold for, hold for. Two for the price of one. This is all we like, you know. All right, you got us. Yeah, got Ooh. you. Yeah, beauty. Here he is. Oh, oh hello, my friend. We, yeah, we want to say you on fire this weekend, man. Every time you got the ball, we're like, watch out. Here he comes. On fire. Oh, nah. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, boys, kind of just let me do what I kind of just let me play, play freely. So, yeah. Do you have fun? You're pretty you, much the boys you, around me. Yeah, exactly. Are you loving your time in, in the US so far? Oh, definitely. Uh, always a place I wanted to visit, you know, seeing yeah. movies, you know, and being here in real life is just, it's even better. So yeah, oh. I'm just glad that I got the opportunity to come over. Yeah, yeah that's bloody awesome. So listen, I, I know you two are, are, are sharing a bit of time together and cruising around, but we can't wait to see you lock horns again uh, coming up in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I don't like this fella right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like this fella right now. I just have to keep reminding him of the score so far, so we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awesome to have the here. Didn't want to come alone, so to have him yeah. here, you know, makes everything easier. Oh, that's awesome. Brilliant. Well, listen, have a great few weeks coming up and we'll see you at the Eastern Conference Finals. We can't wait for that Thank step. You appreciate okay. it. See you there. Awesome. Cheers, you star. Rhodes, thanks very much, buddy. It was so nice to catch up with you, my friend. Congrats on the Texas win. Again, as we said, uh, we can't wait to see the uh, the hair flowing in the wind again soon. Hey, Nat. Cheers. Loved it. Bloody good chat. Right. Cheers. Cheers, champion. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Sevens Roller Coaster. Visit PR7s.com to buy tickets to the five tournaments in 2023. Austin, Texas, June 17th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, June 24th. San Jose, California, July 15th. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, July 23. And the PR7s Championship on August 6th. Connect with us on social media PR7s and watch any of the previous tournaments on the Premier Rugby 7s YouTube channel. See you next time, you sleek sensations. <laughs>